0: Welcome to the podcast, Science of High-Paid, High-Performing, Happy Engineers. The show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute, and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars. Because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you. And it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Charmaine Melton is a trusted advisor, problem solver, coach and consultant. For over 20 years, he has been helping leaders create their biggest dreams and tackle their biggest challenges. He's he's also an inspirational content creator You can find it out for yourself by visiting his social media channels that are provided in the description of the podcast. Sharmayne Melton, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with us.
1: Aditya, glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Awesome. So um, tell us about your story on how you have started off as, as an engineer and now you have pivoted into a brand new career as a speaker and a coach helping other leaders.
1: Yeah, um, that's like a big question. Uh, but yes, um, you know, as a lot of engineers uh, out there, I, I, I um, you know, I got a degree in engineering and computer information systems. I worked on a bunch of certifications so that I, I had the skills that I needed, uh, worked for a financial services company and um, what I remember or what I thought of um, for a lot of my jobs, the thing that I enjoyed the most was being able to influence um, how people grew and how they developed and have a hand in uh, just their success. And so uh, there was a moment um, at a, at a job where I was doing a leadership training and the uh, trainer was just awesome. And she happened to be a coach. And I said, wow, you know, so I was really, uh, you know, enamored by her and and just how she was. And I loved it. And so I learned her story and I said, you know what, that's it. I loved, I want to be a coach. Um, I then went to a coaching school. I I decided I made that decision. I'm going to be a coach. And so then I went to a coaching school. I, you know, I, um, worked with a a guy named Rich Litman, who's another coach. And, um, um, really, just just steamed forward, just steamed forward.
0: It's a fantastic transition, and uh, and, and um, so similar to my story. I mean, I my it, it is my wife who I was enamored with, that's the word you used, uh, and she inspired me on the down the same path too.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Sherman, um, tell me, you know, some of the challenges that
1: you typically help your our clients fit. yeah right now i'm working with uh a vp whose challenge is uh presence he wants more executive presence he wants um he he wants his voice uh he wants his voice to get his voice out there more um so he wants more presence and so one of his his challenges was he wants to promote within the organization and and he wants to really focus on his being and and to help him help him get there so that's one challenge from from one of my clients yeah yeah i have another hey. client who uh she she's a, a vice president in a sales organization and um her biggest challenge was was how does she um get her team um, aligned around their new mission and their new goals so that they can go um, and be more productive and 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 do, do things new within her organization. And so um, she's working through, we're working through that together, yeah.
0: Great, I mean, I, I, I'm particularly interested in the second one because most of our audiences are like engineers and you know, they're engineering managers uh, who are probably struggling with the same thing, which is, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, how do I empower the teams? So what are some of your, um, some of your messages on, uh, on, on helping people empower their teams?
1: Yeah, I love that question. Um, people feel empowered when they have a leader who uh, sees them, a leader who sees them, a leader who uh, values and appreciates them when they feel um, like their work matters when engineers feel like, and this could be anyone, um, when engineers feel like their leaders got their back, Um, when engineers feel like, um, yeah, like they matter. And like, you know, it's, it's a safe space where they can actually make mistakes and it's okay. Um, And so there's, there's, there's a lot, lot there. A lot of it's around environment. So it's it's, it's, creating an environment where people feel feel like a family actually is the easiest way I can put it. When, when, when people feel like they're part of a family, then they will thrive. They will, it increases loyalty. Um, people will go out of their way to do, um, to do whatever it takes to, to make the project or the team successful when they feel like, uh, when they feel like it's a family.
0: That, that's very well said. Um, I, I, I think, um, Um, At the bottom of it, everyone wants to feel empowered that they are contributing to something big. And as long as the leader can create that space, it helps everyone to grow. Uh, So just to expand on that, right, just just to dig a little deeper into that. What would you say if, um, yeah, you can create a free space uh, for engineers to grow and develop uh, that they can make mistakes and it, it's okay you're not going to be like fired tomorrow how do you draw the line between making mistakes versus not learning from your mistakes and still still have the make the engineer feel empowered
1: yeah that's a great question um and those are totally like two separate uh, conversations right so if you have if you have um if it's the same mistakes, if someone's making the same mistakes, I think that's a different discussion, right? We, well, the leader can dig into, you know, what's, what's really happening here um, and, and really understand, is it, a, is it a skill issue? Is a person, does the person need to be upskilled somewhere or is it like a will issue? Are they, do they just not wanna be here or would they rather be doing something else? Um, and, and also one thought that comes to mind is, is, as I was thinking about like freedom to make mistakes, I was thinking also about like innovation, like trying new things and being 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 free. Um, uh, you know, not feeling like if they failed at that new thing, that new innovative thing, that they would get in trouble or or anything uh, of that nature. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. I think uh, that's brilliantly said because typically when someone makes mistakes, I think the default way of reacting of human's way of reacting is that is to probably punish them in some way mm-hmm. right. instead you're approaching more coach like Like, what's the bottom of them making mistakes is it their technical skills and or or is it something else maybe they don't want to be here anymore so how do you facilitate how can a manager facilitate such conversations to dig deeper into
1: yeah great. yeah, great question. So I think leaders, um, first the, to answer that question is is back to the family atmosphere of uh, the leader, the best leaders that I've known, and the leader that I strive to be is one that um, that i built a lot of trust with, with, with my team. So when you have that trust built with your team, they're going to come to you and tell you, they're, they're going to come to you and tell you when they're feeling, you know, when they're feeling a certain kind of way, they're feeling like maybe this job isn't challenging for them, or maybe they're feeling like, uh, you know, they're just having some personal problems and that's affecting their work some, or, you know, whatever's going on with them. But as a leader, when you um, can create that, when you can create that trust, that amount of trust with your team, that's the key. In my opinion, that's the key between, you know, an okay team or a good team and an excellent team. Um, When that person feels like they can go to their leader for anything, That's only going to help. That's only going to help everyone and the organization.
0: Yeah, I I think, uh, again, that I I love the answers that you're coming up with because typically in the corporate world, we kind of, typically most people, at least I've worked with, kind of draw a line that you can't be discussing this because this is corporate world. But what you're suggesting is completely different is that bring me anything. It could be personal life, Professional life, bring me anything. I'm here to help you out, and that's how you can create trust. Is that what where you're getting at,
1: Sherman? That is what I'm getting at. Now, um, you know, as a leader, you can't always, uh, you know, if someone brings you a personal issue, and there's nothing really you can do um, about it as a leader. Maybe the only thing you can do in that moment is listen and be an ear for that for that person. Sometimes that's that's all they need. Sometimes people want to feel want to feel listened to, right, and want to feel seen. And sometimes that's enough to, to really um, to, to give the, the person what they need. So, yeah, yeah. Another thing I want to mention actually is one thing you were saying around um, mistakes, the word mistake. And sometimes I see that as a, a different word. Maybe it's opportunity. So when, when somebody, um, when there's a mistake made, I'll use the word, I always look at it as what's, what, what did you learn from that? what what you know how did you grow because of this um maybe it's not necessarily a failure maybe um, maybe we can fail forward what is something i like to call it whereas um even though it didn't go the way you planned it what did you learn about it what can you do differently next time so that um so it's even better right so so that you have a different result and so i just kind of wanted to to mention that that piece thank you
0: and and um i so I have a lot of questions on my mind, but because something you have opened up around trust, creating trust, and maybe we can just focus on this topic. And have love to go deeper. Um, so engineers are pretty logical, right? You know, one of yep. the things is we love to be yeah, very logical. So yep. creating trust, especially when an engineer um, hasn't served in a lot of management roles could be quite challenging because people might not understand what that trust means. So how can an engineer who has was working from a very logical standpoint move towards creating trust and building um, that trust relationship with his or her team?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. To build some keys to building a trusting relationship with, with your team. I think one is going to be, um, get to get to know the person in front of you. So it's really going to be asking about things like, how's your family, right? How are you? And not the, not the um, sometimes corporate um, in corporate spaces. People will ask you how you're doing, but not, they don't really care how you're doing. It's more of a, <laughs> uh, you know, it's more of a, Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. Okay. But it's really the, the if you're trying to build trust, it's actually caring and being authentic when you ask that question, hey, how are you doing? How are you really doing, right? And, and being able to give, give, give that person that space to really answer how they're doing. Um, let's see, build, building trust with a, with a new person. Um, having their back, one thing that comes to mind. Um, as, as a leader, um, if someone on your team, if there's a mistake made or anything like that, as a leader, you, you own that mistake. Um, and, and have that person's back and, uh, you know, there'll be a separate conversation you have with that person, but, but you want to have their back and, and, and support them, make them feel supported. Um, is another thing that comes to mind, um, uh, building trust, uh, another thing that comes to mind for me, um, is, is being yourself, believe it or not, be yourself and, and smile and, Create time, one-on-one time for your team, for each person, one-on-one time dedicated to them. Um, maybe it's a half hour of, uh, I don't know, every two weeks. Maybe it's whatever that time is, make sure it's dedicated to the person um, in front of you. That means no cell phone, put the cell phone on vibrate, put it down. That means not in front of your computer checking emails, not on messenger while you're talking to the person halfway listening, but being present getting rid of all distractions and paying attention to the person in front of you really giving them all of your your attention of some things that come to mind
0: yeah and i think the bottom line of all these three different points that you shared mel sherman uh, is just fall in love with people like be genuinely interested in them don't try to stick to certain corporate rules that you can be speaking about certain things that's all old school You can ask them anything you want um, and uh, just be genuinely interested and be supportive and have their back. You have an incredible story, Sherman. And um, I've seen you on YouTube, I've seen your content on YouTube videos. So I want to hear a little more about you. What are some of the challenges you faced as an engineer? And it's not always easy to be able to put yourself out there, create this amazing content to help other people.
1: How are you able to overcome those challenges? Yeah. Great question. So challenges for Shermaine, the engineer. So one of the, one challenge that I, that I, that I had, uh, starting out was, am I smart enough? Right. Am I smart enough? Are are people going to really listen to me? Um, does my voice matter? Um, What else are some other fears that I had coming in or challenges? Um, Yeah, can I do this job? Um, You know, I I transitioned from a a into into engineering from a totally different um, field, and those were some of the fears that came up when um, uh, uh, when I was a brand new engineer. Another one uh, internally was, you know, I'm I'm black, I'm African American, and in the engineering and tech space there's not a lot of us we're, we're, yeah. you know, there's maybe, I don't know, 2% or something, a very small percentage of blacks in engineering. And so that was uh, part of my fear as well, like around, can I do this? And, you know, am I going to, am I going to, am I going to fit in? This part was one of my fears as well. Um, you know? Um, and so, yeah, off the top, that's what comes to mind um, as far as challenges. Um, if they were mostly internal, Uh, It was internal challenges. They weren't really, you know, when I was just like all engineers, when we're when we're given a challenge or a task or something like that, we figure out how to do it. We're good at that kind of thing. We'll go we'll go research. We can do whatever we we will do whatever we need to to find the answer. But most of my challenges were the internal ones, um, you know, and and another one I think of is are people going to going to accept me um, uh, in this field or in this organization or on this team? I mean, can
0: I ask you something personal? Sure. So have you, in your experience, noticed certain kind of racism directed towards you, considering that, yes, you're an African-American, and there are not a lot of African-Americans
1: in the field of engineering? That's a great question. You know, and as I think about that, I've had different things, uh, different people being racist towards me. But when we talk about like employment, I, I don't think, um, there've been jobs that I've applied for within my organization that I didn't get interviewed for, but I don't know if that's because of, uh, because of my, my, my race and ethnicity. Um, and so I think my answer is going to be no, I haven't really personally experienced, um, of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've experienced things like um, walking down the street. um, uh, I remember this, uh, me and my little brother were probably in the sixth grade, we're walking down one side of the street and a lady, a white lady and her baby were coming on the coming towards us. And when she got close to us, she crossed the street. And then we passed her and then she crossed back. And so there are, there are little things like that that we experience. Well, you know, sometimes we, you know, I walk into a room or, or to a store and if you're close to a lady, she'll grab her purse, you know, or whatever, or move it to the other side. So there are like little things like that, that, that um, as a black man, we, we see and notice, you know, if you're walking by a car, the person may, may lock their door, you know? And so it's a lot of, a lot of things like that. Um, Not, not so much that I've noticed in a professional um, atmosphere, um, you know, at work, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting because you also started off saying that when you were stepping into the profession, those were some of the fears you had Mm -hmm. and most of them are internal Mm -hmm. and how are you able to um, overcome those internal fears because we all do have them to a certain extent, no matter where you're coming from
1: yeah, great question. The way that I was able to do it and still do it to this day is um, confidence requires courage and so I had to summon up courage to do to walk into that room of strangers that I thought wouldn't you know would you know whatever would judge me um, I had to Summon up the courage to get on that call that I didn't think, um, you know, uh, where, I, where I thought that there were tons of people that were smarter than I was. You know, I had to summon up the courage to do all these these new things that scared me. Um, and result of the courage came, came confidence. Yeah.
0: And and that's where uh, as, um, I mean, as coaches, we also help people to take those actions. Um, and can you, can you add like how coaching might have or might not have helped you in taking some of those action steps? Yeah,
1: that's a, yeah. Yeah, a good point. Um, and so uh, coaching, uh, I, I think, uh, so I didn't have a coach as I was doing, as I was doing these things, but a coach will, uh, to your point, help you really see, you know, what's actually, what's the real fear here? So uh, what, what are you really scared of? Um, uh, you know, if I were coaching myself, I would also ask, you know, like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? If you walk into that, if you get on that call where you feel like people are going to judge you, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? And so really coaching is about helping people really, um, shift, really think about, uh, think about things in a different light. Um, because once they see that different light. Gives them that different different perspective and insight, and then uh, a lot of times things don't seem as scary once uh, once they have a, a, a fuller picture. Yeah. So
0: so Sherman, um, um, you know I'm an engineer, right? And this mm-hmm. is my typical mindset. Uh, so I'll put my coach hat aside. So you have done many of those things by yourself. Right? Yep. you're able to gain that courage and yep. challenge yourself to be able to speak to strangers. Yep. And from that you gained confidence. That's a very powerful story. Yep. So why would your clients hire you as a coach if...
1: Great question. One of the reasons uh, my people hire me is um, they see how I use my voice and they want to use their voice. A lot, a lot of people, um, you know, some people want to get better at that. Some people want to influence others more than they are today. Some people want to create um, create more in their lives. And they know that to do that, what's, what's got them to this point in their life won't get them to where they want to go next. And so my people hire me to help them get where they want to go next, is to help them, help them see any blind spots. Um, help create a safe space where they can come and really put all their cards on the table. And we both, you know, and, and, uh, get vulnerable a little bit and, um, really start to do those things that scare them little by little by little by little, because, um, so that's what I help them do is, is, is take those small steps, uh, uh, those small things. And then we look back together at everything that's been accomplished and, um, the the client uh, from day one to day whatever day sixty in 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 for me most of the time it's it's they're they're loving it uh, they've grown so much they've done they've done more than they would have done on their own and um, their their personal relationships their professional relationships have all grown and um, it's good stuff it's good stuff so thank you and that
0: just sums it up uh, what you said towards the end which is that you. You help your clients do more mm-hmm. than what they can do by
1: themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what the, more than they ever thought they could. Um, yes. yeah. 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 So they can achieve their full potential, realize
0: mm-hmm. their dreams, and you help them, you know, uh, help them with any block that comes in the way so they can have enriching fulfillment and enriching relationships. So they're not like sacrificing anything to get what they want.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, so I would say yes and no to sacrifice because it takes, it takes a lot to change. It takes, um, you know, you gotta be willing to, uh, to put in the work. You gotta be willing to actually, to, to maybe sacrifice some things. Maybe you'll give up, um, cause you're going to change. You as a person are going to change. My clients change. And so it takes, it takes that hard work and they have to, maybe sacrifice being uncomfortable and, and, and all these, these things that uh, will sacrifice comfort to be uncomfortable. Um, so it actually takes a, um, actually does take, take sacrifice. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for
0: correcting. No I'm, I'm just making a generic uh, message and you, you got me right. Uh, that's right. I mean, nothing happens by you sitting in the sofa and eating potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, brilliant. Uh, so, Sherman, in closing, do you have any message that you want
1: to leave our engineers with? Yeah, I would say the one message I would leave our, our engineers with is stop hiding and be yourself. Stop hiding and be yourself. Because when, you, you, when you're yourself, um, wow, when we're ourselves, uh, we're, we're way happier. We're, we're, we're just different people. Um, some of us have spent a lot of time hiding um, behind things. And so um, it's not an easy task, but stop hiding it and, and be yourself.
0: Great. I mean, I could totally resonate with that message. Uh, in, the earlier years, in the early years of my engineering career, I was hiding under my desk um, because it's a safe space. I could just write my code and no one would bother me. And I don't have to talk to executives. I don't have to convince my manager why I should get a promotion. All those things, I'm hiding myself. Instead, what you're suggesting is just get out of your desk, get out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself to do things that you're afraid to do. You can reach out to Shermaine Melton. His contact information will be in the description below. Any other resources that you, you have a belt of resources on uh, your social media sites, any particular resource that you'd like to share with the audience, Sherman?
1: Yeah, the best one probably is, is my website. So Um Yeah, take a look and see if you uh, resonate with me and what I'm about. And uh, I'd love to, uh, to have a conversation if you do.
0: Thank you so much, Sherman. Once again, for being here on the show and for sharing your nuggets of wisdom with our audience. Anytime. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you. If you have any questions, you can reach me on my email at aditya at whomeare.io. It's A D I T Y A at who we are.io.